Welcome in to Vern's Post Game Show. Massey not stopping in second and slides into third with a two-run triple. Here's Josh Vernier. All right, good, uh, good afternoon. It's over. Game's over. Royals lose 5-2. to two. The road trip is over. Royals lose 7 of 9. And a road trip that was bookended by being swept. Royals open it up by being swept in Milwaukee. And just a short drive down I-94, they finish the road trip by being swept in Chicago. Phone lines are open for you. 913-586-7610. That's 913-586-7610. I'm willing to stretch my legs and do what we've done so often over the years on these Sunday afternoons, and that is begrudgingly sulk in the misery that has been of late, rooting for a Royals ball club that just can't get out of its own way. Kansas City now 20 games below 500, 14 and 34. 20 games below 500 before Memorial Day. Third time that's happened in the history of this franchise. You got to go back to 2005 and 2006. You got to go back 17 years. For the last time a Royals team hit this low water mark so early in the season. But I'm sure this feels like a repeat for many of you. Feels like a repeat for last year. Because many of you aren't day in, day out like I am. You're not watching every pitch. You don't remember all of the goofy names that have come through this clubhouse over the past decade. So I understand when you say, yeah, okay, you know, having fun with end dates here, Vern. All I know is the Royals have been out of it by the middle of June, seemingly every season since Kane, Hosmer, and them departed after that 2017 season. And you'd be right. The Royals have fallen 20 games below 500 before June 8th in four of the past five years. Now, eliminate 2020, a 60-game season, but of the full 162-game seasons, Royals have been below 20 games below 500 by June 8th in 2018, 19, 21, or excuse me, 2018, 19, 22, and 23. The lone saving season was 2021. Phone lines are open for you. Again, 913-586-7610. And look, the story of this game, well, I guess you could say is the pitching, right? The story of the season maybe, probably, normally is the pitching. But the pitching's not why you lost this game. Maybe the pitching's why you're 20 games below 500 before Memorial Day. But the pitching's not the reason why you lost this 5-2 affair. No, the reason why you lost this game is the reason why you've lost a majority of the games here on this road trip. I go back to my question before game one in Milwaukee, the question that I posed to all of you on the On Deck Show. How often on this road trip can these younger bats, right? You you don't want to call them all young because they're not. 
how often can these unproven position players, how often can they carry this team to victory without the aid of Brady Singer? Right, we knew going into the road trip the Royals were going to get one game with Brady Singer on the hill. The rest, it's Lyles, it's Granky, it's bullpen games, right? Mike Myers and Max Castillo. So while big picture, yes, the conversation, it always centers around pitching. But you and I came to terms with that by the end of April. You and I embraced the evaluation season or we were forced to embrace an evaluation season once the calendar flipped to May. So when this road trip started, I'm not going to sit here and go, come on, Max Castillo, it's all on you. No, let's be real. Max Castillo and the Royals relievers kept you in the game. You had a chance to win if the bats are able to produce. Now it's a big ask. I'm not saying that these young bats have disappointed. Or am I? Because I don't feel like they have. I I'm not disappointed in Prado or Vinny or Bobby. You know, MJ Shore has had disappointing stretches. Michael Massey had a disappointing start. Michael Garcia's had disappointing moments, but I wouldn't say that I'm disappointed in any of the seasons that they've had. But if I'm being honest, when I look at this road trip, as I said from the outset, these guys must lead the way or else this trip is going to be ugly. And it was ugly. You got a pair of wins in San Diego that at the time felt flukish in the way that you won the games. And now looking at the road trip as a whole, they certainly look flukish, even more so being swept in Milwaukee and swept in Chicago. And to answer the question, here we are at the end, how often can these younger bats, these unproven position players, how often can they lead the team to victory without the aid of Brady Singer? The answer is once. Eight opportunities, they were able to do it once. Michael Massey did his part today, hitting a two-run blast in the second inning. Congratulations to him and his new fiance. He got engaged last night, hits a bomb in his first plate appearance. That was the best moment of the day, all downhill after that. Now, Nick Prado reaches base two more times. He continues to not just hit, but give you the best plate appearances on the team. Now, Vinny's not in the lineup today, so uh, Vinny has consistently given you great plate appearances. And Nick Prado's not to the Vinny Pasquantino level yet, but Prado's been very impressive. The kid's hitting 348 since he was recalled, posting an OPS of 966. So Massey and Prado had their moments offensively today, but uh, Bobby goes over. Bobby hit 216 on this road trip. Vinny went three for 30 on the road trip. MJ Melendez went one for 11 in Chicago, had some pretty poor body language today. I don't know, maybe I'm off. You guys let me know your, your thoughts, not only on the game, but these younger bats, these unproven position players, you agree, right? We're not disappointed in them. Are, are you, am I, am I off base? Are we disappointed in their seasons? Okay, again, you know, MJ... 
it's still early, right? He's, he's, had, he's had a much better May. He was brutal in the month of August, and we still have 124 games to go, right? 48 games does not make a season. We all understand that. 913-586-7610 is our phone number. I'm interested in your thoughts on this. 913-586-7610. I'm also interested in your thoughts of the roster shakeup. What moves are you making? Because Nikki Lopez is coming. Drew Waters is coming. Who's out? I need you to open up two roster spots on this 26 man. Of the 13 position players, you're not knocking out any pitchers. Who are you bumping off the team to make room for Nikki Lopez and Drew Waters? Phone lines are open for you. 913-586-7610. That's 913-586-7610. 7-6-10. Royals are swept out of the south side of Chicago. They drop game three, five to two, the final score. We get to your thoughts after this. Burns Post Game Show on your home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio, and the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Vern's Post Game Show on your home for Royals baseball in Kansas City, 610 Sports Radio. Three balls and two strikes on Massey. And the pitch, Olivares runs. Fastball hit in the air. Deep right field. Frazier back out of the track at the fence. And it's gone. Michael Massey hits a two-run homer. That's one way to celebrate getting engaged. Now, call there from Jake Eisenberg, as heard here on 610 Sports Radio. A one-out, full count, two-run blast from Michael Massey, his third of the season. All three have come against his hometown team, the Chicago White Sox, 405 feet off of the bat of Massey, who in 14 games against the White Sox is hitting 391 career. 14 games against the team he uh, rooted for growing up. He's got an OPS better than 1,100. So that put the Royals ahead two to nothing, but the White Sox would score five runs off of Max Castillo, and the Royals wouldn't score another run after that home run. As a matter of fact, the Royals wouldn't have another extra base hit. That Massey home run, the lone extra base hit in today's 5-2 loss. Phone lines are open for you, 913-586-7610. Let's start off in Sedalia. Ty, you're hitting leadoff. Always nice to hear from you, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good. Well, as a man that watches the Royals almost every day, I kind of want to address something about this team. I feel like there needs to be a little bit of a switch of the lineup a little bit. I feel like we need to stop putting Bobby Witt Jr. at leadoff. He's been starting to struggle as of lately, and I think we need to put somebody that's been doing good as of lately in that leadoff spot. I know today we saw Nick Prado batting second. I feel like let's give him a chance at leadoff. Have Nick Prado start off at the leadoff position. I know you are talking about earlier as well that Nick, Nicky Lopez and Drew Waters are going to be back soon, and I kind of wanted to say a couple of players that we could get rid of to get those people on the roster. I feel like we may get rid of Nick Eaton, I mean Nate Eaton, and Hunter Dozier to make room for Nicky Lopez and Drew Waters. I also feel like Daniel Lynch will probably get rid of another pitcher so we can get him. And hot take here, I feel like we may get rid of Jordan Lyles just so we can try to work on his stuff because he has one of the highest ERAs in baseball. He's yet to have a win yet this year. Even though, yes, he's been able to go deep in games, when you're allowed a lot of runs in a game, I feel like we gotta, you got to work on the stuff. And I feel like yeah. if we brought down Jordan Lyles just for 
a couple of weeks just to try to work on his stuff, I feel like the pitching should be better. Thank you, Ty. Appreciate it. Uh, the only way Jordan Lyles is out is if he goes on the IL. He's been around way too long to uh, be optioned down to Omaha. Maybe, maybe he's dealing with something, and I believe it is the highest ERA. Not one of, I believe it is the highest ERA in Major League Baseball. Uh, when, when Daniel Lynch returns, I mean, take your pick. Uh, there, there's so many guys out there in the bullpen that, yeah. That doesn't interest me all that much of, of whose roster spot does Daniel Lynch take. I just want him to, I just desperately want him to take someone's roster spot because, I mean, there's two open rotation spots. Unless you're willing to say that Max Castillo's in your rotation. And the Royals are yet to do that. And they, they haven't said that Mike Myers is in their rotation. No, they've, they've. Singer, Lyles, and Granke right now. Those are the only three starters you have. So, yeah, just please get Daniel Lynch here. Maybe he can start Tuesday against Detroit. That'd be nice. Uh, Lopez and Waters. Yeah, I'm interested in, in who you're bumping out. Who are the two guys that are losing their spots on the team for Lopez and Waters? He mentions Nate Eaton and Hunter Dozier. I think those are the correct options. And as far as Bobby Witt Jr., you want to take him out of the leadoff spot? Uh, okay, you know, there are no bad ideas when you're 20 games below 500 on the 21st of May. But okay, so you want to take Bobby out of the leadoff spot. You said uh, put Prado in the leadoff spot. Okay, so are they just flipping? How far are you dropping Bobby? Because if you're only moving him to the two spot or the three spot, what are we talking about here? Now, text here from the 816. Vern, take this with a grain of salt, please, as I absolutely love Bobby. Tons of his cards, tons of his memorabilia, but no hit wit? What's up with that? I know he's the first batter. I know he gets more plate appearances. That's why you want him at the top, but should we move him down to number three? Listen, uh, what you want are your three best hitters hitting one, two, three. So who are your three best hitters? Vinny, Salvi, Prado. So maybe if you go, now I'm not saying do this because, wow, you have absolutely zero chance of going first to third with these guys, right? They're kind of a blockade on the base paths. Prado, Salvi, Pasquintino, one, two, three. Um but still, then you'd have Bobby in the cleanup spot. I, I just don't see how much that changes. As a matter of fact, this was brought up this week when Royals general manager J.J. Piccolo joined Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. Uh, here's what he had to say to the idea that Cody presented of taking Bobby out of the leadoff spot. Not really. I mean, we, we know he's going to hit at the top of the lineup, whether it's one, two, or three. We don't really see him hitting in the five or six hole. Uh, he's the fastest guy, you know, maybe one, he's one of the top guys in the league when it comes to his speed. And the other thing that's nice right now with where he is in his career, he's getting more bats every night. You know, that lineup turns over, and if you just look at the numbers historically, the one- and two-hole hitters will come around more often than the three- and four-hole hitters, you know, obviously makes a lot of sense. So he gets an extra bat at night. Uh, we love when he gets on base in front of the guys that are right behind him. He's able to steal a base, so... 
you know, I really don't think, you know, moving a guy like Bobby around the order is necessarily going to help what he's doing offensively. It's very clear uh, to us what where he needs to direct his attention. And whether he's in the one hole or the three hole, I don't think it's going to change his approach. It's going to change when he's ready for it to change and actively makes that change. J.J. Piccolo joins Cody and Gold once a month. This is from uh, Tuesday. Joined him on Tuesday. So, so maybe, and look, as you know, things change quickly in this game, in this sport. So maybe they're having different discussions than what we heard J.J. say, uh, what, five days ago? Thanks for the phone call, Ty. Always nice hearing from you. Let's go to Cody in Blue Springs. Cody, how are you? Oh, pretty good. I had a few points. Now, um, with Bobby, I've kind of thought about that idea of dropping him in the order. But on a good team, I mean, you can do that. But on the Royals, right. I mean, obviously, they want right. guys that can give him protection. So I don't have a problem with him leading off. So at least Vinny and Salvi can give him protection in the lineup. I am kind of concerned about Vinny, though. Sometimes the league, once you've been up for a while, they start figuring it out. I hope that isn't somewhat of the case with Vinny. But there's young and experienced. I mean, the best thing you can do is get guys in the lineup that can protect them. I would like to see maybe Duffy play a little bit more since he's at least a professional hitter. Um, kind of encouraged with Hernandez today. I mean, he's still young enough. Maybe he can stretch him out again, but... I mean, overall, I mean, the guys, to answer your original question with Waters uh, coming back, I mean, Nicky Lopez, I mean, I've never been a fan of his, but I guess he's kind of better than some people to have right now. But I think Jackie Bradley's the guy you got to move on from. I mean, he's sitting now at like 145, and if you're going to put Waters in center, I mean, at least give Eden the chance since he's coming up on being 26 and he's got some control left, so... My, my simple answer would be Jackie Bradley. I mean, I don't think yeah. Dozier's moving anytime soon, even though that's, I mean, it's really pointless having him now. But, right. um, but yeah, Nicky Lopez, I mean, maybe give him one more shot to see what he possibly, maybe he'll come back to somewhat what he was two years ago. Yeah. Cody, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. Jackie Bradley Jr. after today's 0 for 3 is now 0 for his last 25. But his glove is terrific. If you let JBJ go, then your only center field options are Drew Waters and Nate Eaton within the organization. Because I don't think Jackie Bradley Jr. has taken an assignment to Omaha. I think he's saying, all right, goodbye baseball. So that means if something happens again to Drew Waters and that oblique flares up again, uh, well, then you're kind of uh, screwed. Because then it's Nate Eaton and Edward Olivares in center. Unless we want to look down in Omaha. I mean, can Samad Taylor, I mean, I don't, he could. Uh, but to me, Samad Taylor is more of a second baseman. Uh, but yeah, look, listen, and to, and to your original point about Bobby, you know, if, if this was a championship team, yeah, he's probably hitting seventh, uh, Ninth, I don't know. He's playing. He Bobby's a winner, no doubt. But but to your original point, if it was a championship team, right? J- Jackie Bradley Jr. isn't getting enough plate appearances to go over twenty five on a championship team. People aren't pining for more of Matt Duffy. Um, 
on a championship team. Now, respect to Matt Duffy, who's played in 24 games this season, hitting 328 with an OPS just shy of 800. Uh, yeah, I got nothing bad to say about Matt Duffy. Um, but I'd rather see Michael Garcia get those starts at third base. All right, Bobby at short, Massey at second base. Uh, yeah, maybe Nicky Lopez can come back and, and build some trade value. Maybe you can move him. He could be a nice utility infielder for a championship team coming off the bench. Hunter Dozier, I think you make a good point. It's Well, I think it's going to say a lot. I don't know. Because they are 20 games below 500, it, it doesn't send a message if they DFA Hunter Dozier. For as much as fans and media alike wanted to have some sort of huge ripple effect in that clubhouse of, oh my God, the organization let Hunter Dozier go. They're paying him all this money to just leave. Oh, now we got to start playing. No, it, it's not. All it's going to do is bum guys out. Which is fine. You're allowed to bum people out. I'm not saying don't do it because of that. I'm just, it sends a bigger message to Twitter and the media more so than it does to the team or the, the I don't know. You guys tell me. You're the diehards. They DFA Hunter Dozier. Is that going to make you want to go to a game? Is that going to make you dial in, listen more, watch more? I don't think so. So I'm not looking at the roster moves to bring Drew Waters and Nicky Lopez back as some sort of referendum on how the organization views this season. If they think it's a disappointment, then they'll let Hunter Dozier go. I'm certainly not campaigning to keep Hunter Dozier around. I'm just going to go back to what Cody said. And you know, if this was a good team... Roster moves are magnified. But when we're talking about the 24th and 25th and 26th guys on a team 20 games below 500, whatever, right? Whatever. The, the last few bullpen spots, the final few bench spots, whatever, whoever it is. Who's getting every day at bats? Is Bobby playing? Is Prado playing? Is Vinny playing? Yes, okay, then I'm good. You're giving the ball to Brady Singer every fifth day. Handling a role this Chapman and your other trade assets properly. If you're doing that, then I'm fine. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, phone lines are open for you. 913-586-7610. Cody also mentioned he's a little worried about Vinny Pasquantino. I think it's been pretty clear. And if it's clear to me, it's obvious to Vinny. Because he is a lot smarter when it comes to hitting than I am. Soft in a way. Uh, they, they've been doing that to Vinny really since the end of the last homestand. Soft in a way. Off speed away. Starting to do that to MJ Melendez now. Vinny will adapt. Vinny will adjust. I'm not worried about Vinny at all. I feel the same way about Vinny as I do Brady Singer. These guys are winners. They're going to find a way to stay in this game for a long time and have success. Let's go back to the phone calls as the Royals drop the finale in Chicago 5-2 the final score a nine game road trip ends with two wins let's go to JD in Chanute you're on 610 Sports Radio go ahead JD well hi Vern great show you're doing a great job you keep up the great work 
I'm just disappointed that the Royals are having trouble getting the wind stringing together. But uh, is there anybody in Omaha or uh, Arkansas that you'd like to see them uh, bring up or that might, you know, add an extra spark or maybe get our guys going? Uh, just Drew Waters, really, and Drew Waters in the lineup tonight for the Storm Chasers. He's played in six straight games. He's been on base in all five of them. He's been in center field and leading off, so I would hope to see Drew Waters during this upcoming homestand, uh, but, but he's not enough to turn it around. The only way they're going to string wins together, J.D., is if they start pitching better, and uh, I, I don't see help on the way on the pitching staff front outside of Daniel Lynch and and even what he's doing right now in Omaha isn't necessarily inspiring me. Mm. Thanks for the phone call. Sorry, man. Well, thank you. You just keep up that good work. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. You know, you look down at double A. There's some really good relievers down in double A. There's a trio of relievers that I'm intrigued by. Uh, No real hitters, though. No, uh, you know, the starters down there, the, the guys that you got for, um, ah, he's been struggling, talking about Beckway. That might be down in high A. Yeah, most of the pitchers that I'm excited about are in A ball, whether that's low A or high A. Hitters that I'm excited about, those guys are in high A right now, the top two picks from last year's draft. As a matter of fact, Gavin Cross, last year's top pick, hit a home run again today. He hit five home runs this week. Five home runs in six games and really turning his season around in one week. Cross has an OPS of 751, playing center field every day for the Quad Cities River Bandits. Cross, yeah, 751 OPS as he goes one for three with a walk today and a home run. It's about 150 at-bats. He also stole a bag today, his ninth of the season. So, yeah, Cross and uh, Caden Wallace at high A. But, no, no, I, I, I don't see anything really of note pitching-wise at double A and triple A. And offensively, yeah, it's Drew Waters, Nicky Lopez, who is not in the lineup, so I would expect to see him uh, during this upcoming homestand. Nicky's still yet to play a back-to-back on this rehab assignment. Appreciate the phone call, J.D. That opens up a phone line for you and Danny in Odessa is the next one up. Danny, what's going on, buddy? Oh, having a good day just listening to the game, which is about all I can do. But, uh, you know, I hear everybody talking about, uh, you know, uh, changes in the order and people being brought up and, you know, and uh, sent down to the minors and getting ready. I don't see any damn way you can fix this right now. I mean, I've been I've been watching these guys ever since they played at uh, Municipal Stadium, and uh, it, it's what the hell do you do? You know, um, there's just I don't see any fix to it. What do you think? I mean, you're a lot smarter than I am about this. Well, you've seen more baseball than I have, and it sounds like you're pretty on point in my book. I don't think there is a fix, Danny. Again, it all comes back to pitching. Pitching is the currency of this sport. If you can't pitch, you can't win, and this team right now can't pitch. Um, 
And they don't have pitchers. Again, they have three starting pitchers right now. Now, there are always statistics in baseball that you can find to support whatever argument you're making. And I've been doing this for a while, so I know where to go to find statistics to back up whatever I'm saying. But earlier today, as I'm getting ready for the On Deck show, I went to Baseball Reference and you know, war, you guys know, wins above replacement. It's a goofy stat. There are, like, different wars. Baseball reference has one. Fangraphs has another. But I'm looking at baseball reference and looking at their war. And, you know, Salvi has the highest war this season. Okay, sure, yeah, he's he's the best player on the team, no doubt. But then I look at the rest of how baseball reference ranks, like the the 10 best players for the Royals in 2023 off of war. So if Salvi's number one, okay, we can all acknowledge that and have no problem with it. Kyle Isbell, still two. Kyle Isbell, as you know, is on the IL, has been on the IL for multiple weeks. He is apparently the second best player this season. Brad Keller, third. Brad Keller, who leads all of baseball in walks, According to wins above replacement, now maybe this just makes you think even less of that statistic. To me, it says, boy, they don't have any pitching. Boy, they don't have any pitching and not many guys, if any, have exceeded expectations. Maybe you would say Vinny has exceeded expectations. Maybe Nick Prado, maybe. Outside of that, Zach Greinke's fourth. Chris Bubich is fifth. Bubich made, what, three starts? And then underwent Tommy John surgery? Nicky Lopez is sixth. So of the top six players on the team, according to Baseball References, war, of the top six, 67% of them are on the IL. And the other two are 39-year-old Zach Greinke, and 33-year-old Salvador Perez. The only way this thing gets turned around is if you start pitching better, if your starting pitching improves. So that means Daniel Lynch is going to need to show up and have a Brady Singer-like breakout season, like we saw last year from Brady, who we're going to need him to lock it into gear and get on a run like we saw from him last year. Thank God he pitches tomorrow. Everyone tune into the Royals tomorrow night. Brady Singer's pitching, and they're a fun team when Singer's on the mound. In my opinion, they're a fun team. A young, homegrown pitcher with years of team control still left. Surrounded by young, homegrown position players with years of team control left. That's fun. I'll, I'll watch that, especially knowing Brady's going up against the Detroit Tigers, who I believe he's always got a little something extra for. Yeah, that game is tomorrow. Kauffman Stadium, 640 for the first pitch. I'll be on the air with the On Deck Show starting at 530. Let's go back to Kansas City, talk with Dennis. You're on 610 Sports Radio. Go ahead, Dennis. Well, thank you. Um, I believe that uh, Hunter Dozier and Jackie Braley Jr. are the two you get rid of. And you you don't lose anything. You don't lose any sleep. You don't lose any fans. You don't lose Jack. All right. We got you down, Dennis. I I, I don't know who they could uh, 
ship out or DFA or option that would make him lose fans. I don't know if that player exists on a team that's 14 and 34. Royals are swept out of Chicago, the first team to be swept by the White Sox this season. Royals now on pace to finish the year 47 and 115. We get back to your thoughts after this. Firm's Post Game Show on your home for Royals Baseball, 610 Sports Radio, and the Odyssey app. Hey, Kansas City, this is Scott Barlow, and you're listening to the home for Royals Baseball, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back, 5-2, the final score. White Sox sweep the Royals out of the south side, and the Royals now take a short but quiet flight back to Kansas City before opening up a six-game homestand, beginning with three against the Detroit Tigers. Day off on Thursday and then three against the Washington Nationals starting on Friday night. My game notes following this, the 34th loss of the season in game number 48. My game notes are brought to you by Jay's Southland Toe Service. Edward Olivares was hitting 291 after the first 22 games this season. But even with today's one-out base hit in the second inning, He's hitting just a buck 22 in the past 15 games, playing anything but stellar defense, and apparently, eh, I'll run out of the box when I feel like it. Top of the sixth inning, hits one down the third base line, a a dribbler that maybe he thought was going to go foul. You know what? It's the big leagues, man. You're getting paid a lot of money. You can run out of the box. When you're hitting a buck 22 over your previous 15 games and you're booting the ball all over the field, run out of the box. Run out of the box. Taylor Clark came in out of the bullpen. He was the, uh, well, I don't want to say he was the lone highlight because he wasn't. He's the lone highlight on the mound that has been Consistent. So I feel like highlighting Taylor Clark. Seven consecutive scoreless appearances. Seven and two-thirds innings scoreless. Eleven punch outs. Eight base runners total. Now, Carlos Hernandez looked sensational out of the gate. Six up, six down. He puts Ben Attendee down with a 100-mile-per-hour fastball. Uh, gets Jake Berger looking at a slider. Gets Luis Roberts swinging through a slider. Now, 27 pitches, six up, six down. Carlos Hernandez looked sensational. But the issue with Carlos has always been, like it is for so many in this sport, because it's difficult, doing it consistently. Right, we all were... Uh, I was in love with Carlos Hernandez in 2020 and 2021, loving the idea of what this guy could be long-term in the rotation because what you saw for those two innings, we would see in starts over five, six innings. And then the next time he would get the ball, he wouldn't make it out of the second. So nice job, but do it again, Carlos. That's why I highlight Taylor Clark, who only faced one batter. Only recorded one out, but that's what I'm going to read into. Welcome back, Amir Garrett. He throws a scoreless eighth inning and picks up Edward Olivares. You know, fine job, Max Castillo, who takes the loss after he's the long guy, the bulk guy. He takes over in the third inning, goes four and two-thirds, allows five runs on eight hits. 
Royals lose 5-2. to two. The phone lines are open for you, 913-586-7610. Again, 913-586-7610. Let's take a look at the J. Southland Tow Service text line. Dan in KCK. He writes in, congratulating Michael Massey for the hometown home run. I see the Rally Mantis congratulating Michael Massey for his uh, engagement last night. Michael Massey getting engaged. Joey in Grain Valley makes the bold prediction that this is going to be a long summer. Hey, you don't say. From the 913 and our buddy Hayden in Lenexa, he writes in, Vern, Carlos looked good. Looked real good. How about we stretch him out, see what he can do as a starter? What does the team have to lose? And it seems also that Michael Massey hates the Chicago White Sox. Now, he loves the White Sox. Maybe he's frustrated they didn't draft him. Maybe, maybe. Maybe he just feels comfortable in that stadium, seeing that jersey on the mound. Who knows? Now, uh, Matt Cotrero was asked by Pete Gradoff of the Kansas City Star, who's in Chicago covering the game. He was asked, uh, did, did you think about putting Carlos back out there for the third? Again, it was six up, six down, only 27 pitches. Do you think about stretching him out? Q responded, no, we're going to be consistent with our message. We told him back in spring training, you're a reliever. We still view him as a reliever. Basically saying we're not going to abandon our plans. Even though that is what they did with MJ Melendez, right? The plan was that he could juggle outfield, catching, hitting at the top of the lineup, and then a month into the season they went, okay, maybe you know what? We don't need you to catch anymore. Like you said, Hayden, there are no bad ideas. So while I don't think that Carlos Hernandez has it in him, to be a consistent starting pitcher? I once did, and why not? Why not give it a shot? Now, I'm not campaigning for it, but I'm certainly not going to shoot down your idea. Someone from the 816 writes in, they want to know about Dyron Blanco as a possible center fielder for this team. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I don't. I, he passes the eye test. He certainly is an athlete. Can he hit enough? I don't believe so. They got a chance to see him last year in that, I believe, that Toronto series. Or someone got COVID, so Dyron Blanca was able to come up. Uh, he, he could defend. Uh, he's solid on the base pass. I just don't know if he can hit. And you already got a guy that's solid on the base paths, an even better defender that can't hit. Let's just hang on to Jackie Bradley Jr. Stefan writes in, Vern, I can't believe I'm saying this, especially in May, but should we actually be rooting at this point for the Royals to tank? What are the benefits, if any, in 2023 and beyond to do so, signed Stefan. Uh, rooting for them to tank, I, I've never really understood that, especially now with a lottery. You know, having the worst record doesn't guarantee you the top pick anymore. So no, don't root to tank I grew up and still am a Detroit Pistons fan for any NBA people out there they, they've been tanking for years to get the number one pick and uh, and they got it once got Cade Cunningham 
And they, they stunk this year trying to get that top pick, and it didn't work out. No. Now, rooting for a team to lose, what, what's, what's the point? No, I, I can't. I certainly won't do that on this show. You guys can do whatever you want, but I'm not rooting for the team to lose. I know them, right? I, I, I know these young men inside the clubhouse, this coaching staff. I know the guys in the front office. I know John Sherman. The, they don't want to lose. It's certainly not something that they enjoy or can stomach easily, especially the, the young men in the clubhouse, right? You know how hard they work. I see how hard they work. I'm not rooting for them to lose. Raj in the Ozarks writes in, Vern, it is so frustrating to watch the Royals try and drive this square peg into a round hole. All these pieces that just don't fit for the game that we're playing. Uh, Raj, I'm going to need you to explain that a little bit further. What's the square peg that they're trying to shove in this round hole? I, I I don't see it. You know, they, they now have Melendez playing in the corner outfield. You know, Bobby's improved defensively. I can't say it's a mistake to give him a look at shortstop all season. Now, unless you're saying this entire core, right, the, the singer and Bobby and Vinny and MJ and Salvi, if you're saying that's a losing core, well, then okay. Well, then maybe uh, we're just going to have to agree to disagree. Because I think Vinny's a winner and Salvi and Singer are winners. Bobby and MJ are still proving themselves, but I think they are. Bobby's a guy that I believe will play for a decade plus in the big leagues and will be, at worst, a league average hitter consistently. You know, like Eric Hosmer, a Mike Moustakis type of career. 13, 14 years, make a ton of money. Bobby's more athletic than both of them. He's a better base runner than them. Uh, Haas was a great base runner, though. Uh, Maybe more versatile defensively, certainly more versatile defensively than those two. Uh, But maybe never the hitter, a power hitter that Moose was. Maybe never have the offensive uh, season that Hosmer did before he left Kansas City. Who knows? From the 816, Vern, another poor decision by Edward Olivares on that foul ball sack fly. He had no chance at making the throw home. You got to let that drop. Yeah, that was an interesting moment in the game, wasn't it? Bottom of the fifth inning, Royals trail at that point. uh, 3-2. 3-2, one out, man on third. Andrew Benatendi at the dish. Max Castillo on the hill. Again, a one-run game. Man on third. Ben Attendee's trying to hit a sacrifice fly. He gets under a ball, hits it down the left field line. It's drifting into foul territory. Edward Olivares, the left fielder, uh, ranges over, makes the catch as he tumbles into the net. Base runner trots home. Right? He's, he's, he's in the crowd, basically. He fell into the net. He's not going to be able to make the throw home. And then it's... Chicago, they go on to win 5-2. I mean, are are you just using the benefit of hindsight with that text? Because if he lets it fall, and then Ben Attendee hits a two-run bomb off of Max Castillo, are the Royals better off? I don't know. I don't know. I think you make the catch. 
I think you take the outs. It's only the fifth inning. We have another 12 outs at our disposal offensively. This game was always going to come down to the bats showing up. We're already losing. What's the difference between a one-run deficit and a two-run deficit? We're going to have to do something at the dish one way or the other. So I disagree. But I appreciate you listening. 913-586-7610. That's the phone number. That's also the text line number. The J Southland Tow Service text line. From the 913, Vern, it sucks, but these are still our Royals, and they still deserve some kind of attention and not giving up from us regardless. Uh, yeah, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Nah, I disagree with that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm not going to go along with that. They don't pay me. They don't pay you. You can give up on them if you want. I'm not going to. I'm locked in for the entire season. But I'm not a cheerleader. I'm not going to try and convince everyone, stay with them, guys. No, that's that's their job. They, they got people at Kauffman Stadium. It's their job to, to wave the flag. You know, that's Slugger's job. What's also their job is to do something to garner our attention. Times are tough for a lot of people, man. Cable TV, (laughs) thank God for the Odyssey app, right? A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can listen to Royals games right there on your phone. But to act as if we owe them something, I disagree with that. They owe you. There's so many ways to spend your money, to spend your time. What's more valuable than your time? Wherever you give your time, Give your money. Make them earn it. Make them earn it. And if they don't, call your mom, call your dad, go hang out with your kids, call your brother, call your sister. Now, it's on them. Now, I'll I'll give you this. I'll give you this, Texter. It's still my game. You know, the game of baseball I love, and I'll fight for it, and I'll defend it, and I'll be a cheerleader for the game of baseball. And we're very fortunate to have a Major League Baseball team within driving distance. You want to take care of that and keep them in town? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they deserve our attention. I don't know about that. Baseball deserves your attention because it's a wonderful game. There are a lot of teams playing baseball at a very high level. A few more from the text line. Terry Terry in Green Bay writes, Vern. Another day, another Royals loss. I could say things are going to get better with Detroit coming to town, but I'm afraid things will probably get worse. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is don't worry about who they're playing. Don't worry about it. You you lost a series to the Oakland Athletics. Doesn't matter who you're playing. You're going to have to play. If Brady Singer's not on the hill, you're going to have to play a darn near perfect game to win. Or, like we saw in San Diego, the team's going to have to give you a few gifts along the way. Thankfully, Brady Singer's on the hill. Now, that's what I find encouraging. Brady Singer making the hill, uh, making the start tomorrow opposite Michael Lorenzen. It's a 6.41st pitch, and I'll be on the air with the On Deck Show beginning at 5.30. That's... That, that gets me going. 
Now, maybe I'm sicker than others, but I can promise you when I wake up tomorrow, I don't have kids, but my apologies to my wife. Uh, first thing I'm going to think about is Brady Singer pitching against the Detroit Tigers. Man, I'm fired up for that game. Solid seven from Brady. What do you think? Hey, Grant Nicholson, thank you very much for your great work back at the studio. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow from the K. Take care. You've been listening to Vern's Post Game Show. Diving is MJ Melendez. Did he make that catch? He did! Check out the All Things Vern channel on 610sports.com and the Odyssey app to stay up to date with your boys in blue. And a swing and a miss. He struck him out with a fastball. Seven strikeout for Daniel Lynch. On your home of the Royals, 610 Sports Radio. We now take you back to regularly scheduled programming.